You're listening to TMI with Christine, a show where we give you way too much information about meal planning and time management. Happy New Year. Oh, I can't believe the holiday season is over and we are in 2022. That was a really, really crazy month or so. And I'm really looking forward to just getting back into my regular routine and, you know, eating a little bit better, getting a little bit more exercise, all those things. I wouldn't exactly call them New Year's resolutions. I think really I'm just tired of eating rich food and not having time to take care of myself. And so now that all of the holiday stress and craziness is over with, I have that time to do those good things. To help us all out with that, the meal plan that I have for you at the end of this episode is all plant-based, just a little bit lighter, really easy and simple recipes, but just a little bit healthier, a little bit better for us. You can get all of my meal plans that I talk about on this show at cookthestory.com slash meal plans. You'll see all of them there. This is going to be meal plan number 66. You can also subscribe to the show and get other great information about it there. My guest for today is best-selling cookbook author Kim Lutz. She is the author of The Alternative Flour Cookbook, Ancient Grains, and the book that she's telling us about today is The Oat Milk Cookbook. She's going to be telling us all about oat milk, how to make your own, how to use it in recipes. It's a wonderful conversation if you're thinking about doing a little bit more plant-based cooking. So let's talk to Kim. How's it going? It's going great. Thanks for having me on. Oh, I'm so excited to have you on this show. So I know you have written cookbooks that use alternative ingredients, alternative flours, oat milk. And I wanted to start just by asking how you got interested in these ingredients. So I have an almost 19-year-old son. And almost right away, he had multiple food allergies. And so we found out that he was allergic to dairy and eggs and some nuts. And so by necessity, I found myself delving into a whole world of different ingredients. And I just continued because I wanted to be sure that any kid who came to my house would be able to eat safely as well. Like I knew how important that was to us. So even though we could have gluten, I wanted to be sure that I understood how I could prepare food safely for someone who needed to be gluten-free. I just didn't want anyone to feel left out. I really love that. I think it's as allergies become more common, we know we're not supposed to, you know, send peanuts to school or these things. But I don't know, I don't even know if I've thought a huge amount about, you know, when children are coming to my house, do I have a variety of things? I mean, I guess I ask the parents are there any allergies? But I'm not thinking ahead to making sure that I can accommodate ahead of time. So that's a really good thought. And so you were then looking into researching ingredients, even though they weren't allergens in your own household. Is that what you're saying? Yes. 
so I mean, for some things I needed them because we needed dairy alternatives, for example, Mm -hmm. but some alternative flowers and, and things like that we didn't need, but I became intrigued by the idea of how could I be as welcoming as possible? Mm -hmm. And also it's just very interesting to create with a kind of more limited palette. Oh, I love that. Yes, there's something I always say when I've had to do recipe development for brands and different companies, they sometimes are get they want you to use a certain ingredient and have it be a certain kind of cuisine and also be vegan. And at first I would panic. And then I realized that you actually get to be more creative when you're limited because you have to really think about how those things work together and how you make them be the best and the limits like free you. You know what I mean? That's absolutely what I think. I love the creativity that comes from like tight constrictions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that people will say like, how can you write a cookbook with a hundred recipes using oat milk in every recipe? It turns out it's actually pretty easy. Once you get going, you're like, oh my gosh, oat milk would be perfect in this or it would be perfect in that. And so it's actually kind of fun. So what does oat milk taste like? Well, to be honest, I've not had dairy milk in a really, really, really long time, so I can't accurately compare it. Mm -hmm. It is a nice, neutral tasting milk. It has a slight oaty flavor, but so slight that when you... I use it in savory applications all the time, and it's Mm -hmm. totally fine. So it's just kind of creamy. It has a little bit of sweetness because oats have a little bit of natural sweetness. Right. And it has a little bit of that kind of nutty oatiness. It's a very nice neutral milk. Oh, that's really interesting. Now, can you use oat milk anywhere that you would use dairy milk? Does it behave the same way? Does it interact in the same way with other ingredients? Absolutely. And what's nice is there are a million oat milks available in the store now, which is Mm really convenient. So you can get different kinds of oat milk to suit your purposes. So like if you want a creamer replacement, you can get an oat milk creamer. If you're making your own, you can also do that by just adapting the amount of water that you use when you're making it. So Mm. if you need it to be a little heavier, you can make it a little heavier. If you need it to be a little thinner, you can make it a little thinner. I think that it's very, it's very versatile and you can use it in any application. The one thing that I would say is if you're making like fancy coffee drinks, like you want to do your own foaming and stuff like that, mm-hmm. they make barista blend oat milks that you can purchase that are commercially available and they work beautifully for that. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have better success with the kind of commercial barista style mm-hmm. oat milk than mm-hmm. you're going to have if you're making your own. You can make it work at home, but it's way easier if you're using the one that is like made for foaming. So you're talking, you've mentioned that you can buy oat milk at the stores, but you've also talked about making it yourself. Now I'm intrigued on a number of levels. So first of all, if you can substitute oat milk in for regular dairy milk, that means that you easily can make your substitute on the fly if you need it. Yeah. And super affordably. So like, you can use rolled oats, just mm-hmm. regular old-fashioned oats. You blend them up in water. If you have a high-speed blender, you don't need to soak them. You just blend them. You don't have to strain it if you're going to use it for cooking. If you're going to be using it in a more like drinking kind of way, mm-hmm. then you want to strain out that little bit of pulp that you get in a nut milk bag or a cheesecloth or 
even like a tea towel you can use. Mm -hmm. So you can make your own easily, quickly. I do it all the time. Like if I didn't go to the store and I'm not well prepared, which happens sometimes, (laughs) I always have that on hand. So I can make them up. My husband likes oat milk in his Mm -hmm. coffee. I can have it ready while my coffee's brewing. It's all ready to go, right? Like it's so quick. I love this so much just for my own like selfish reason. So I only have my kids with me every second week and they are the milk drinkers. I don't drink a glass of milk when they're not here at all, which means that I just don't have milk here most of the time. But then every now and then I'm like, oh, I wish I had some milk to make that recipe or I wish, oh, I would love some milk in my coffee today just for something different. And I don't have to go to the store. I can just make myself some oat milk. Oh, sure. You can make pudding with it. Mm. You can make a cream sauce. You can make it's super versatile. So I use it in baking. I just, before we started talking, made a vanilla birthday cake for my mom because oh. she's coming over later. And with a chocolate ganache, I just oat milk in both. Totally easy. Wow. And you don't remember the dairy flavor, but I'm assuming people in general can't tell the difference. Like they would never know. Absolutely. And I use recipe testers for my recipes, you know, because Sometimes you forget to write down a key ingredient in your recipe and you don't know that if you didn't have a recipe tester or other things to make sure that they work well, right? And I use recipe testers. My recipe testers, for the most part, are not vegan also. So they're used to dairy. And if they say that it tastes, if they say the pancakes taste like pancakes, that's what I care about, right? Like I don't need them to taste like vegan pancakes. Right, right. You know what? Let's just make sure we've mentioned the name of your oat milk cookbook right now before we forget to say, what's it called? The Oat Milk Cookbook. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) I knew that, but I wanted to hear you say it. Okay. Um, (laughs) So the Oat Milk Cookbook. And and you use recipe testers. That is wonderful. So you have multiple people who are testing all the recipes in your book in their own kitchen. So they're home cooks so that you know that recipes are going to work wherever you live, whoever you are, right? Absolutely. And for my most recent book, I wrote the Alternative Flowers Cookbook, and it uses almond flour, spelt, chickpea flour, and oat flour. Those are pretty readily available flours in the grocery store during normal times, but my recipe testing happened during quarantine <sighs> when there were like huge food shortages mm-hmm. or you didn't know what was going to be at the store on any given day. Mm-hmm. And my recipe testers were fantastic. Like they would were like, oh, I can't make these almond flour cookies today because there was no almond flour. And then they would get it and they would make them. So we were able, there's an, I don't use anything that's very exotic. I use things that are because I'm basically like kind of lazy. I'm not going to go to 25 grocery <laughs> stores. So if I can get it, if my recipe testers can get it, like that, that's another way to make sure. Are things readily accessible yeah. in different parts of the country? In I've had Canadian recipe testers. Mm-hmm. So just make sure that it's easy to follow, easy to do, mm-hmm. and going to turn out the way you want it to turn out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's really great. So I want to know what would be reasons for somebody who does not have any kind of allergy or dietary restriction what are there benefits to oat milk outside of just like trying to avoid lactose or trying just not wanting to have dairy is there a reason that we might want to try it so a lot of people do have an issue Mm -hmm. right with digesting dairy so for all of those people Mm -hmm. it's worth a shot to see if it makes you feel better then there are environmental reasons 
it right. is much less there the environmental impact of oat milk is much less than mm. dairy cows there is the animal welfare question right. so obviously no animals are harmed in making oat milk so there's i think that's a lot of the reasons but then like i said it's also super affordable. Mm -hmm. It's super convenient. Mm -hmm. It tastes good. It works really well. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to, if you only need a little, you can make a little. You don't have to buy a quart of milk for a cup that you're going to use. Mm -hmm. So I think there's like a million reasons why it's good. Plus it tastes good and it works well. So I'm curious, I know that when people have a high cholesterol or that sort of thing, they're advised to eat more oatmeal. That's one of the things it says right on the package. Mm-hmm. Does oat milk have that kind of benefit too? Is it if you're, especially if you're not straining it or even if you do, I, I, I have no idea. I think so. So it has, it's high in fiber, which is one of the reasons mm-hmm. that it's good if you have high cholesterol because it helps keep everything clean. But it also, it has the same components in the oat milk that it has in the oatmeal. So yes, I believe so. I am not a doctor though. Yeah. So not to make any medical claim. Yeah, no, thanks for, <laughs> thanks for saying that. Oh, that's great. Okay, so now, so we're talking mostly about oat milk, but I want to talk about your flour research and flour cookbook also. I have not cooked with alternative flours. I was going to say it all, but that is not true. I went to a vegan cooking class at a retreat and we made these wonderful, they were like, it was like zucchini and chickpea flour fritters that we fried mm-hmm. and they were, and the flour, I couldn't believe the texture of these fritters. They were lovely, but that's my only experience. So where is, <laughs> what is a good place to start if you are interested in trying out a different flour? So just want to throw your head in and try something new, where would you recommend people start? So I guess it depends on what you're looking for. If you're mm-hmm. just looking to try a different whole grain flour to add to your repertoire so that you have more whole grains in your diet and one that you know is going to work well, spelt is really nice for that. It's related to wheat. It has gluten, so it is not appropriate for people who have celiac, mm-hmm. but it is a kind of earlier incarnation of wheat. So there's a lot of like in the field hybrids that happen so that there's higher yields. And so wheat grows closer to the ground. It's easier to harvest. So spelt is a previous incarnation of that. And it, it bakes up very lovely. It's a really nice whole grain flour to use in just traditional baking. Mm. You don't need to worry about binding or anything that you might need to think about in gluten-free baking. Cause Gluten is the protein that binds the molecules in your baked goods together so that they don't fall apart. Mm-hmm. So like when you bite into a muffin, you just take out your bite and the rest of the muffin stays intact. So gluten-free baking, you have to make up for that loss of gluten and insult. You don't have to worry about that. But if you're thinking about the convenience factors like we talked about with the oat milk, mm-hmm then I would say almond flour is a really nice place to start. So you can definitely do gluten-free baking with those, with almond flour. And I have some really easy recipes that don't require binding for some almond flour cookies that are really nice and easy and almond flour blended into granolas. And But what it's also really nice for is 
it's already ground up. So you can make quick almond milk if you need to. Mm. You just blend it with water instead of like soaking your almonds in advance and then waiting and then rinsing them and mm. blending them. You just mix your almond flour and your water. You can make non-dairy cheese alternatives. So you can make like a ricotta mm -hmm. that's really easy to pull together and has a nice creamy texture because of the nuttiness of the almonds. And because it's already turned into a flour, it's really easy to use. So we use it as a alternative to Parmesan cheese, like as a topping for pasta. And I mix it into breading when I'm making eggplant Parmesan or something like that. Mm. So almond flour is nice. If you're looking for like something that you can have on hand that you can transform quickly mm -hmm. into other things. And chickpea flour is kind of similar. You can use it to make like an alternative to scrambled eggs. So I use it to make like a breakfast sandwich, which when we have like breakfast for dinner, like once a week probably, <laughs> but it mixes up with some oat milk, some chickpea flour, some seasoning, and then you can add in some, we add in some non-dairy cheese or vegetables or whatever, and you can use it instead of eggs. And it's got that like protein because it comes from mm. chickpeas. You can make something quick and easy. Again, I'm extremely lazy. I like things to come together real quick. <laughs> I, love that, I, I love that you keep saying you're lazy because I feel like often when we are encountering these new ingredients, especially if it feels, if it's something that you have to do, if you find, like you did, you find out that your child has an allergy, you have an allergy, you can't have something anymore. It can feel really scary and like it's going to be very time consuming and you're going to be, you know, like a pioneer homestead person having to do all this stuff from scratch. And what I'm hearing from you is that it's not like that anymore and that you can find really easy ways to bring these foods into your life and to meet the requirements that you need to. That's 100% true. I love that. I love that. Well, Kim, it has been so great talking with you today. Can you tell everyone where they can find you uh, online and your books if they have any questions? Where's the best place to just find you and get more of this information? So I'm on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter as Welcoming Kitchen or Vegan in My House also. So either of those. And then I have a website, welcomingkitchen.com. I have two new books out, The Alternative Flour Cookbook and The Oat Milk Cookbook, which are available online and in bookstores all over. That is so great. I, I hope everybody goes and finds all of your amazing recipes. It's really exciting. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I really love Kim's approach to lazy plant-based cooking. It's so refreshing and just makes me feel like I can do it so much better than I usually feel about it. So to that end, I have a five-day dinner meal plan for you this week that is all plant-based. It's taking recipes from my website and tweaking them a little bit to make them vegan, essentially. So if you don't want to be vegan for this meal plan, you can make the recipes as they normally are, or you can do the tweaks that I am suggesting. But yeah, they're all plant-based recipes. They have no meat, no dairy. And they're really simple and I think they kind of show how you can take recipes that you already have or that you already use and just change them a little bit to make them more of a plant-based option. If you want to get all the links to the recipes that I talk about, the instructions for this meal plan, and the printable grocery list that goes with it, head to cookthestory.com slash meal plans and this is meal plan number 66. 
Okay, let's dive in. The meal plan for this week starts with a Spanish corn chowder. So this has some flavors that I think of as very Spanish. It's got the roasted red pepper or pimento in it and some smoked paprika and there's flat leaf parsley. And then of course the corn that's pureed to make sort of the base of the soup. And there's a little bit of potato in there too. Now this recipe usually calls for some chorizo sausage for flavor. Totally skip that if you're doing the plant-based version and instead add in some cannellini beans drained. Those are the white kidney beans. I, they're just really soft and nice and I think they work really well with the flavors in this soup. I would also put just a little bit more smoked paprika in the mix because chorizo does have some smoked paprika so by adding that little bit more you're going to get that little extra flavor there. On day two of this meal plan we are doing an Italian cauliflower and quinoa bake. So this has quinoa and cauliflower in a pan together and then there's lots of tomato sauce and some Italian seasoning. It usually has cheese in it. If you don't want to use the cheese, I would say go in with a couple tablespoons of nutritional yeast sprinkled over it towards the end or mixed in. Nutritional yeast has a really sort of meaty, umami, cheesy kind of flavor, kind of like Parmesan cheese, and it gets used a lot in plant-based and vegan cooking to have that little bit of cheesy flavor in things. On the third day of this meal plan, we're doing vegan rice bowls. You can use cauliflower rice or white rice or brown rice or any kind of grain, farro or more quinoa if you wanted as the base. And then on top, there's chickpeas, cucumbers, radishes, really any cold, crunchy vegetables that you want to have are going to work here. My favorite thing about this recipe is the dressing or sauce that you're putting on there. What you basically do is get some hummus, store-bought hummus or your favorite hummus, and you just thin it down with a little bit of lemon juice and water, and that turns it into a really lovely, creamy, rich sauce for the whole dish. Okay, on day four of this meal plan, we're doing something really comforting and nice. It's homemade tomato soup with a vegan grilled cheese sandwich. The tomato soup recipe that I'm linking to actually has you make grilled cheese croutons, essentially, but we're not doing that. We're instead gonna do the vegan grilled cheese sandwich, which uses hummus and roasted red peppers and some of that nutritional yeast to make the filling so it's not cheese. And I'll let you know that the tomato soup usually calls for cream or milk, but we're gonna sub in the oat milk in there to give that a try. And then we're ending this week with a kale taco salad. I love using kale in salads like this. If it's tougher kale, you wanna kind of massage the leaves between your fingers a little bit. It really does soften them up. It makes a big difference. I'll put a link in the meal plan to the instructions for softening the kale. This recipe usually has a homemade dressing made out of yogurt and avocado, but instead you're gonna use the oat milk in that dressing as well. And then the recipe calls for cheese. You can skip the cheese and you can add some more beans. Black beans or more of those cannellini beans would be wonderful. That is our meal plan for the week. And that is our show for the week. Thank you so much for listening. If you're enjoying this show, please tell a friend or tell two friends. I would love to have all your friends listening. Thank you so much to Kim Lutz for being such a wonderful guest. I will put the links to her cookbooks, especially the oat milk cookbook, in the show notes so you can find it there. Thank you so much to Caroline Hall and her team at Wild Home Podcasting for producing this episode. And as always, thank you to Audio Snack for all of the great music. Have a wonderful week. <laughs>